0: Call in all podcasters, audio professionals, and potential podcasters. Come to Afros and Audio's Virtual Podcast Festival. The third annual Afros and Audio Festival takes place the weekend of November 13th and 14th. That's right.
1: Afros and Audio is a community dedicated to curating accessible, inclusive events and spaces for and by Black podcast creatives and audio professionals at all levels.
0: Throughout the weekend, they'll explore all aspects of the industry with sessions on podcast news and trends, growth and promotion, editing and production, podcast monetization, the art of podcasting, how to effectively start and launch a podcast, and more. T
1: with Queen and Jay, us, me and Queen, we will be
0: there presenting our session, The Market is Not
1: Flooded, podcasting outside of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism.
0: Listeners of T with Queen and Jay podcast will receive 25% off their Afros and audio tickets using code AFAUTQJ21. Again, that's afautqj F-A-U-T-K-J-21. To secure your spot, visit afrosandaudios.com and follow them on Instagram at Afros and audio. We'll, we'll see, see you there. there.
1: Ow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's 25% off. Yeah, That's a really good is. deal. So That's definitely a lot check off. that out. Revenge of the Black Nerds. Why are you othered for being queer or black or nerdy? Or all of that shit. Then, why labels may or may not be important to you? And if any of that has to do with your privilege? It's Tea with Queen and Jay. Drink up. with Queen and
1: What up? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: doing pretty good. Doing pretty good over here. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. good good I made a purchase what did you I'm excited yeah
0: I no, y'all can't see Jay but um, <laughs> I'm always scared bought, to ask what did you purchase I
1: bought that uh that electronic device that's taking the nation by storm oh, okay I I, I kind of I bought the the rose that little rose uh massager <laughs> <laughs> uh huh uh huh Changed my girl. Did- you have to have watched Martin to know that reference, but yes, right. It's a it's a game changer, and now yes. I'm not the only other. The only other sex toy that I have is one that i'm not buying new batteries for mm-hmm. so this is my only sex toy pretty much i don't have a long might, storied experience might be with sex toys
0: might
1: be so need. right so i I don't have much to compare this to i've used different sex toys in the past but this one this one is doing the job right this one is, is uh it's a game changer right so i'm happy for you changer. yeah it's a really good massager yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good massager Intimate massager. Yeah, nah, it's um thank you. Thank you for the uh, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. It's also adorable.
0: It is, it's so cute. It's so cute. Until your like comments all over it, but <laughs> it's so wow. Cute. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's cute too, though.
1: Yeah. I don't really, I'm not a huge I don't I didn't expect to to go that far this early uh, during the <laughs> intro. <laughs> Thanks a lot for for that, Queen. Thanks for these people turning this off as people to leaning leaning in deeper. <laughs> yeah, I am not a gusher. So that's not that's a, actually that's a part of why I like this toy because it focuses on clitoral yes. stimulation. I'm a not a big of... even like just I don't you know, I'm I'm cool with insertion. It's a good time, it's fun or whatever, but when I'm by myself, that's not something I was like, ah, it just feels like so much work. That's how I feel to about be doing by myself. Yeah.
0: Insertion sex so, toys. Right. Like so I'm
1: that. also I'm also not gushing all over my adorable rose vibrator or whatever. Anyway. So mine stays cute. Mine stays pretty oh, okay. cute uh from beginning to end. <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's a good time and you know that's that's how I'm doing.
0: Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. That's Jay's that's doing my- great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to tea with queen and jay we are two
1: womanist race nerds talking shit over tea dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism capitalism, one episode at a
0: time i'm queen i'm jay and this this is tea with with queen and jay and if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast podcast use our hashtag tea with qj we also love when you use the hashtag pod and you can tweet us On Twitter, because that's where you tweet, at T with QJ. And we want to hear from you. You can send us T-mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Every week, we pour libations for the
1: people, places, and things giving us black ass, black joy. Queen, who are you pouring libations for this
0: week? I'm pouring libations for a cute show that I thought was going to like, at first was like, why is this? What is this? (laughs) But mm-hmm. then I happened to tune in to Queens on ABC. It's a new TV show. And it's actually really cute. So Queens, it follows. I'm gonna just read the copy. Um, and then I'll get into why. I love it, just so y'all get an idea of the show. Is. So it follows four women in their 40s who reunite for a chance to recapture their fame and regain the swagger they had in the nineties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I have to admit, when you said I'm just gonna read the copy, I was like, Why should you just tell us what it is? Oh, it was, but you, the copy this, is this funny. reading. The copy <laughs> this rendering
0: <laughs> and this performance I, i'm with it okay i'm gonna say that again Regained the swagger they had in the 90s when they were legends in the hip-hop world queen stars eve as brianna aka Perfector sex Natari <laughs> norton uh-huh. as jill aka the thrill no the trill oh yes you're right duh the the thrill. Thrill. yeah duh uh-huh. trill it's important mm-hmm. Nadine Velasquez as Valera, AKA Butter Pecan, because she's Puerto Rican, right? They don't put that in a copy, the Puerto Rican, but that's. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Taylor Soleil as Eric Jones. That's not fun. Pepper (laughs) Sweets. peppy sanuga as mm-hmm. little muffin and that character reminds me of like a uh, Nicki minaj okay and kind of like how a lot of the rappers are her sons right now they do kind of mm-hmm. exist in these ways so i do like that character and then brandy as naomi aka explicit lyrics and
1: explicit is spelled with an x, x. just the x at the beginning x. interesting so when you
0: say when you say it's on abc where are you watching it were you watching it on hulu um, I've been watching it on Hulu, but you could, like, if you okay. have regular broadcast TV, it's on channel it. ABC or whatever the fuck. Okay. Like, free channels. I don't know right. if. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so again,
1: so Brandy, Eve, Notori, Norton, who we know from formerly of three LW and who was on the power. Oh,
0: that's the wrong person. She's not
1: blown <laughs> with the list. I just wanted to do that. You know what? We make fun of those little girls in that, that moment, but that's how all these breathy singers sound. Yes, that's now, how all, anyway. all of them sound. And they're grown. These were those were at least little girls at the time. <laughs> these women are grown. <laughs>
0: Like, that's what's happening right now. listen
1: <laughs> enjoy it they're they're in my rotation i'm just they're in my
0: too but yeah yeah
1: like <laughs> and then i don't know where Nadine velasquez do you know what she's been in before the one who plays Butter pecan
0: i've never seen her before and then i don't okay. watch tv like jay so i haven't googled <laughs> right yes you're right
1: you know i would have been googled this and told you everything <laughs> she ever been in whether or not she was a child actor and all of that you would have okay all right all right, so I saw the ads for this on Instagram, and they had, like, a whole video. They did, like, like a the commercial lot was a to video. Promote yeah this show. And ways that... I'm yeah.
0: like, what is happening? Like, and why I, are they I doing saw that it, and this? I was like,
1: I'm not watching this. Like, that's the kind of show no. that I watch. If you tell me something fun is happening, I watch it. But when I saw
0: it immediately, I was like, ah, it's not for me. I only watched it because um, my friend Makiba was like, they took over... Social media, so it was making me interested. Right. And they watched the they first did. episode and they was like, it's actually cute. And my friend mm. Akiba likes nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you think I don't like nothing? So I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, okay, let me tap in. It's, it's a really cute show, nothing too deep. They do touch like some heavy stuff. I've only watched three episodes so far to give okay. context, but they don't do a lot of heavy. Stuff is not like a heavy show. Heavy stuff happens, but they still kind of handle it lightly. It's not Mm -hmm. like dragging you through the mud or whatever. I do like seeing these women exist. Like They make a point to be like, this is who we are now. They're not like in their 40s like, we're still young. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I just like how they are... Going about the story with these women, trying to get back into the industry, trying to, I guess, relate to whatever's happening now, but also making mm-hmm. sure they prioritize relating to themselves. You know, and stuff like that. It's cute. They're rapping. It's not a mm-hmm. singing show. All of these people okay. are rappers, obviously. But I for some reason expected singing because most of these shows usually are singing. They don't be like rapping. Like I mean, also maybe
1: perhaps because Brandy is a singer and because notori is a singer i mean that may have you know helped to you know i i realized that it wasn't singing when i saw that video they they had a whole music video floating around on instagram oh
0: i didn't see that music like, video oh, so i didn't just, know that and yeah then, they did
1: it was like a whole music video very bling era style yes, yeah 90s, that was that's yeah, probably yeah, from yeah. when they were early zero zeros bling era, yes
0: whatever so I was like, okay. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought it'd be a singy show. But like you said, yeah, it's probably because Brandy and a Tory or mm-hmm. whatever. Nah, it's cute. It's fun. It's nice to see women, I guess, existing in hip hop. We don't really, yeah, I don't, haven't, I don't think I've seen a show like that. But like a fictional show where women are like rappers and it's like, right. they were the big, like they was the big deal and this and, this and that mm-hmm. and what it looks like after. And I don't know. It's cute. Watch the show. Eve is cute. They're actually, all of them are cute. I will mm-hmm. admit, Brandy gets on my nerves a little bit. But its I think her character is written that way. Like, I don't think Brandy's doing anything. But, mm. you know. But, yeah, watch it. Yeah, I think you should watch it. See what you think. It's a, mm-hmm. nice, it's a nice, cute, corny. It's really, really okay. cute. I like it. But, yeah, pour a lot of patience to that because it really made me feel good in the past few days binging all three episodes. So, what made you feel good about it? Not sold on this yet. What made me feel good was just kind of just, like, watching people... Like there's some nostalgia because they go back and forth to when they were like popping, okay. to where they're not. A lot of the backtracks in the show are hip hop songs that are from the 2000s and stuff. So oh, like, okay. So it's a good soundtrack. Yes, yeah, so it's like, yeah. Like it's it's it has it inserts a lot of nostalgia. That's what i would say into the show um mm-hmm. because you, you they do the flashbacks and it's like why is Kim in here but it would make sense because Kim was big and like, you know like just stuff mm-hmm. like that that just kind of plays with the nostalgia of if you were you know around doing the bling ever and all of that shit mm-hmm. so I think that's what I like that I got to play with that nostalgia and hear songs and hear about artists that I totally forgot about
1: come around my way <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, That's that's sorry. That's the first. Those are the first artists that came to mind when you said artists. I totally forgot about.
0: Who is that? Because I don't know who that. Come is. around my way. It was a whole. It was a song. Uh, I don't remember.
1: But it was dudes. It was dudes that had these real raspy voices or whatever. I forget the name of the song, but people who know it know it. And when you saw the video, they were like, "What?" At the time, people would call pretty boys like they had they had all kind of berries and juices in their hair. <laughs> The advances was crisp. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this gosh. was not this was not like raspy voice. This was not like Wu Tang vibes. Mm-hmm. This was like come around my way, creeping through my neighborhood, I'll shoot you with some shit. But I'm also very pretty.
0: No, sounds Just like, like that. Harlem. <laughs>
1: yes. I don't know. All right, wait, wait, wait. Now I gotta find out where they from. Now I gotta find out where they from. You're absolutely right. It does sound like Harlem. <laughs> oh, it was great. From Ill and Al Scratch. Where's Ill and Al Scratch from? <laughs> Big Ill from Brooklyn and Out Scratch from Harlem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I bet you if it's the, the person from Brooklyn I bet they from Bed-Stuy Cause Bed Star is To me The Harlem of Brooklyn It reminds me of Harlem a bit As far mm-hmm. as like How it looks And how Like a Fabulous Like Fabulous is from Brooklyn But he's right. not like grimy Like he's They're a little more flashy In Bed-Stuy A little flossy Yeah okay. yeah yeah <laughs> But okay. I bet you He probably from Bed-Stuy He is not from Brownsville <laughs>
1: That's funny That is funny Yeah so Ill and out scratch folks <laughs>
0: those are horrible those are horrible names yes (laughs) so (laughs) let's move on what are you libating this week jay
1: well fucking i don't know what is day? are we in daylight savings time has daylight savings ended what's which one is the savings which one is the losses (laughs) i get confused
0: this is the we gain an hour but lose the sun So I don't know. You always called
1: Oh, okay, right. So it's like the start of daylight savings and the end of daylight savings. So either it just ended or it just started, basically,
0: right? I don't know. I just know we gained an hour of sleep that night Mm -hmm. and it's gonna get dark at (laughs) three (laughs) thirty.
1: Dude, that day it got dark at exactly 444. And then I was gonna tweet about it. Like, fuck, why is it dark at 444? But then I was I didn't want to distract people by like the numbers being 444 because I wasn't about to mention that. But mm-hmm. like anyway, I got it on my head. But the point is, it's getting darker early. So I do want to pour libations for sunlight. Mm-hmm. I want to pour libations for waking up a little bit earlier to catch some sun which is hard for a lot of people who are not like morning people or whatever but if you can maybe you know reset your schedule mm-hmm. for those of us who deal with uh sads or whatever the fuck is called who have mood seasonal mood disorder or I don't know if niggas are still calling it that or whatever but I need sunlight in my life so I'm pouring libations for sunlight I'm pouring libations for making sure I get outside and take a walk before it gets dark at fucking 2pm yep. like just making sure that I get my vitamin D's from the sun
0: I thought to act you. Do you take vitamin
1: D? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I take a multivitamin and I take vitamin D. Cool, cool. So hopefully that'll help. That's actually new. I wasn't doing that before. So maybe that'll help this year. So libations to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And libations to new head wraps. I bought some velvet head wraps and I feel like a rich bitch. Jay's
0: changing the head wrap game. Okay. She got on a zoom call instant. One upgrade, day, yo. And I was like, whoa, friend. Yes. <laughs> it's a
1: game changer. I only have two. I got them in two colors, but I'm like, this might be what it is. For
0: the season, I like it. It's fancy, you know. It's fancy. Yeah, it says yeah. royal, so I, and regal, and I know that's not what you're like. Not in no, that. No, I sense. hate that. No, but really? that's not what it. But it did it does that. it
1: did make me feel like a rich bitch. It, it did. I felt like I had a mani pedi. I felt my legs <laughs> felt waxed. My hair felt washed, and none of that was true. But that's how I oh, felt. Oh gosh, that's how I felt. So my suggestion is just to you know add some velvet to your life.
0: You know? <laughs> I'm so scared of velvet. <laughs> well, I'm getting. I'm open to it, but coming to America, like scarred me from velvet because i just felt like like somebody was gonna roast you oh yeah like a black person well obviously what is that yeah all the time i didn't even wear velour yeah. when velour was the thing i was like i ain't wearing
1: that. oh my gosh Uh uh-uh. oh my <laughs> gosh i enjoyed it i loved it i like velvet i like saying what is it velvet i like when people say it to me it feels good it feels like we're all on the same page you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes this is velvet thank
0: you for asking You know, that's how I feel. I'm not so afraid of it anymore, but there was a period I was like, "Mm -mm, you won't get me.
1: (laughs) All right. Queen, tell folks how they can support Tea with Queen and Jay
0: podcast. There are two ways to donate at TeaWithQueenandJay.com. Click the community tab to subscribe on Patreon for $2 a month. $2. Or send us any amount via PayPal. You can follow us on your favorite podcast app. Share this podcast on social media. Tell a friend about us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We read all those of your reviews. So thank you. Or wherever you listen, all of those things help T with Clean and Jay grow.
1: Yeah, speaking of growth, we have some donation libations for this week. Melba hit us on the PayPal. Thank you so much for your donation. Kristen sent us some PayPal money, and Kristen says, Because I am sitting here smoking weed from a crack, <laughs> mind blown. Love the show. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a reference that's a reference to episode 300 where we talked about uh cannabis and cannabis supplies and uh crack pipes at the smoke shop. They do sell them there depending on where you're at. So Hey, thank you, Kristen. Rocco sent us a donation via PayPal, and Rocco says, Hi, family, just adding this to the collection plate. Your joy lifts my spirits. Every time you laugh, an angel gets its wings. Signed, Rocco. Thank you so much, Rocco. We appreciate you. We also got a new Patreon subscriber. Nadia welcome so much Nadia thank you for subscribing on Patreon we will be doing two bonus episodes on Patreon this month so if you are not subscribed please subscribe if you are subscribed make sure you check out all the bonus content that has been there waiting for you be sure to check that out also I want to pour a donation libation for Alicia who sent us something via Amazon via our Amazon wish list. And I believe that we must have maybe gotten it and not known who it was from or been unsure or i'm I'm not sure. Yeah. I know it was communicated that they sent something. We're just not sure what it was. yeah, because I, I think it's it- something
0: with known like so maybe right
1: right 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 yeah but we did want to say thank you so much alicia we appreciate you please hit us up and let us know what the fuck so that we can make sure that we have it make sure we found it
0: people be thieving or track
1: it yeah but thank you so much and thank you to everybody who continues to support this
0: podcast
1: are you ready to get into the motherfucking show
0: i am i'm ready All right, 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 all right.
1: right. Queen, what kind of tea are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking an iced chai latte. Oh, so early in the morning, iced? Yes. Well, I in my apartment the heat be bumping. Like, I got New York City project apartment heat, and you are a New York City person, you know what that is? It's it's Mm -hmm. great that's maybe the one thing they get right crack your windows (laughs) in the winter yeah probably the one yeah so yeah i'm like i have to do an iced tea otherwise i will melt and jay will be doing this on her own (laughs) so yeah all right all right all right. what kind of tea are you drinking jay i'm doing coconut water
1: because it's actually not that early right now Mm -hmm. but i felt like i've been up since fucking 2 a.m so because felt we felt too early we were up at (laughs) Yeah, we have been up. We, we were actually up yeah. at that time. But yeah, it felt too early to, to really have anything. So I was like, let me just fucking hydrate. Mm-hmm. Just hydrate. You know I'm saying? That's smart. Smart. smart, fucking smart. Electrolytes okay. up in this BR. What are your pronouns? She,
0: her. What are your pronouns?
1: She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. And what are you affirming for yourself this
0: week? I'm actually affirming sunlight. Because it's necessary. I need it. I have adjusted my sleep wake-up schedule so that I can get more of it. My therapist told me to move my desk at home to the window. And it's been fucking Mm. amazing having the sun, like, right on me on the days I work from home or when we work together. Mm. So that's been dope. I am not a sun worshiper. Never have been. I don't like when it's the summertime. I'm usually in the shade. I don't like a lot of direct heat on me, mm-hmm. but the pandemic has shown me like, okay, all that shit that they say about the sun is true. Yeah, <laughs> you need that shit, yo. I do need you, okay. So, mm-hmm. i want to make sure We're that, not cave dwellers. <laughs> <laughs> From the Caucasus <laughs> mountains, I had to tap it to my dad. Um, oh, God. But yeah, so I wanna affirm sunlight. Just wanna affirm it because, mm-hmm. yeah, need it, need it, need it. What are you affirming for yourself?
1: I wanna affirm love And feeling Mm.
0: loved—that's what I'm gonna affirm. I like that.
1: Yeah, I'm on it. I need it. Affirms it. All right. Speaking of getting sunlight, look at that. Look at that transition. Have you been going outside? Have you done anything social with other motherfuckers? Now, considering that quarantine restrictions are kind of easing, we're vaccinated. Lots of other people are vaccinated. There are, at least in New York City, a lot of places where people gather you have to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So what's the vibes for you? Have you been out? Have you done anything social?
0: I have done. Most of my social things have been one-on-one, but I did do something social that was like group-like. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was cool. It was okay. I don't really think I'm I'm not equipped yet still. (laughs) to like mm. be out and about and like social in large large groups. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I am, I still kind of sit in the corner. I still kind of okay. like like when we went to um Sunday sermon, you know I'm usually like in the middle of the dance floor type of person. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like sitting most of the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, but I'm open to it. I'm happy that it's happening. I'm going to ease myself into it. I can't just jump in the pool. I think I'm sticking my toe in it. Right. Yeah, I'm sticking my toe in it. How about you?
1: Okay. What's that like for you? I am also not really ready Mm -hmm. to do social stuff. I did go to New York Comic Con this year, which is a huge event if you've ever been to New York Comic Con, it's huge. There was, I think, at least one year where it was reported to be, like, the largest of the cons in terms of attendance. Mm -hmm. It does take up the entire Javits Convention Center in NYC. Yeah, it's big. A lot of conventions that they do at Javits, they don't use the whole space. You know what I'm saying? So, it is a huge convention. So, I had planned to go and then as it approaches, I was like, oh my god, do I want to do that? Is that, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, when I said I wanted to go in my head it was like so far out and in my head I was like I was vaccinated and it you know the vibes would be right and I would be ready and then it got here and I was like what the fuck for what? But I went Mm -hmm. I had a good time. They were really good about making sure that everybody was vaccinated. You had to be vaccinated and then for children who could not be vaccinated you had to have and I'm assuming also for anybody who had health reasons like valid health reasons to not be vaccinated or whatever you just had to have proof of a recent negative covid test yeah so it was good it was a lot less attended a lot of the big brands were not there i think marvel and dc were not there i think if, if my memory serves me right so it was a lot less people there it was a lot less vendors it was a lot less crowded and me as somebody who's not for the fuck shit in the crowds anyway i was kind of living for it it, yeah i was like yeah it does Uh, seem kind of dead and i like it (laughs) (laughs) and that this this works for me this works for me Mm -hmm. so it was a good event i had a good time i went to a few panels i did all the things that i typically do at new york comic-con um i didn't cosplay i was just there kind of hanging out having a good time or whatever and it reminded me you know from being in your house you forget like All the shit that normally happens when you gather Mm -hmm. with motherfuckers. And I remember that every time I go to one of these nerd events, I am guaranteed to meet somebody who is overtly anti-black. Somebody who says overtly anti-black shit and it's going to be people there like, yep, uh uh-huh. And it's like, I just want to go to events with black nerds where I don't run into that at all. And I'm not saying that it's everybody, but it's like, it's guaranteed to happen.
0: Yeah. That's the one thing guaranteed to be at the function. I'm gonna meet at least one. It's guaranteed
1: I'm gonna meet a new black, anti-black nerd. I'm gonna meet a new one, a new fresh one (laughs) who I was unaware of before.
0: It's like their pods. They just pop it out of the machine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. And I think that because within the black nerd space, Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of us who want to be supportive of one another since a lot of people have found community within that space that sometimes when somebody is being anti-black, we don't call out the anti-blackness. You know what I'm saying? And it was several instances. I was at a panel. I'm not going to... I'm going to keep it anonymous because I'm really not trying to uh, trash the panel. I thought it was a good panel, but it was like we're not going to talk about this anti-blackness. But anyway, yeah, that I, I feel like it doesn't get called out when it should get called out the way that it should get called out Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i was at this panel and of course there was the traditional somebody on the panel told the traditional nerd story of being an outcast and which i don't mind but they always tell this story like that is the story of the black nerd like that is Mm -hmm. every black nerd's origin story is one of being rejected dejected ostracized Mm -hmm not you know not included nobody shared their interests they weren't cool mm-hmm. the cool kids stepped on their book bag ate their lunch and smashed the bread in their face you know what i'm
0: saying like it's a whole <laughs> no you just let me picture a fight that i remember from junior high where these boys was fighting and literally bread fell out of the boys book bag <laughs> and these birds came <laughs> <laughs>
1: That actually sounds like something that would happen to you, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
0: These pigeons came and we were like, what the fuck? What kind of fight is this? It was so sad.
1: <laughs> Innocently saving your bread for later. <laughs> and next thing you know next thing you know you're in a fight it's embarrassing
0: oh
1: my gosh yeah that story am i don't mind it as a personal story of triumph as a personal story of like this is what had happened to me but like bro that was not everybody's story yeah not all of us were fucking ostracized uncool yep. not all of us were and i don't mind being associated with uncoolness right but it's like the narrative of that also feels like mad limiting like a lot of the narrative within the black nerd space is you know black people can like whatever they want to like okay yeah cool also any kind of black person can like whatever they want to like so it just Mm -hmm. it feels like the narrative is so focused on a certain kind of black nerd that there's no space for the others. yeah it's like
0: the others get othered Like,
1: yeah, um. it's really, it's really irritating. And I think it's exclusive of regular, degular, schmegular, like black folks. And, and, you know, nerds are regular degular, schmegular black folks. But it is, I think, the way that it's pictured, the way the nerd evolution story is discussed is super duper, I think, monolithic, Mm -hmm. narrow, and fucking off-putting so there was that fucking story and again it was like you know we as black nerds So that was exhausting and tiring or whatever and i wanted to punch him in the face and
0: then put your gloves on gotta put your gloves on punch him in the face and yes
1: gloves absolutely. <laughs> absolutely you think a plastic glove would give like a more snap to the smack you open hand smack somebody give it an extra snap maybe Maybe. I I like this. Somebody else was talking about their business and how it's so hard to get black people to appreciate art. Uh Huh? Wait, wait, like Right. And nobody questioned this. (laughs) nobody questioned it wow nobody they just questioned let that it and fly. I'm, like it was just, they just let end. it fly like wow. it was all good and i'm tired the other thing i'm tired of is black people not realizing that a lot of the people that we know are black people yeah so just because your family doesn't care about or fuck with your art or the niggas around you didn't care about or fuck with you your art doesn't mean that black people don't fuck with art yeah it doesn't you just haven't found a community of black art niggas that's just that's not a community issue, that's a you issue. Yeah.
0: And then I think further with that, with art, it's like, I'm talking about when you said family, fucking with your art. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. we come from, a lot of us come from families where it's like, okay, how are you going to take care of yourselves with this? So it's not that they're rejecting the art, the actual Mm -hmm. art, but it's like, I, as a black ass parent, want to make sure your black ass can take care of yourself in this fucked up ass world. So that could be some of the rejection or whatever, not the actual fucking Mm-hmm. art you know it's very
1: irritating and also where is the contrast of like when we have when we say oh well, black people don't like this and black people don't like that it usually is in contrast to the default white majority population Yeah, is really the comparison of the measuring stick that people are using or whatever they're comparing us using this this measuring stick against the majority population of white folks and i don't know white folks to be a specifically particularly artistic group of motherfuckers who value who has this high value of art and this acknowledgement of art and respect for art that black people do not that's really that has not been my experience here like Mm -hmm. all of the black people that i fucking know are wild creative yeah like Mm -hmm. even People who work regular ass nine to fives, a lot of them do wild creative shit on the side. You know what I'm saying? And again, yeah, I said all, but not all. But what I'm saying is stop saying stupid stuff. Yeah. Stop being fucking casually, anecdotally anti black. To talk about why it's so hard for you to do whatever the fuck it is you're trying to do. If you want to talk about how your family was not supportive or whatever, like all that is fine. But don't fucking sit on a panel and fucking motherfuckers who talk about black shit on panels, be prepared to talk about black shit. Somebody is guaranteed, potentially... To say something anti black, be prepared to address it. Be prepared to address it in a way that doesn't alienate yes. your panelists, because mm-hmm. of course you don't want to embarrass them, but there are ways to highlight and have these conversations and address anti blackness without completely shitting on somebody. And you have the responsibility as motherfuckers doing panels on black shit to address all of that shit. Yes, yes, yes. That's I, my think
0: take. Also, That's I think also within the monolithic stuff, that in that monolithic conversation, something that black people do is that they think it's because black people in a room that it's diverse. And it's like, no, like, where's the diversity mm-hmm. in the blackness? Like, how come they aren't? How come all of these panels have the same kind of black story and the same kind of black experience? Right. Why are you not, like, stretching the thought by mm-hmm. finding the cool, in quotations, nerd mm-hmm. person or finding the person who didn't feel quite as, you know, like, you can diversify mm-hmm. your panel in that way, too, where there's different black nerds experience and it seems that a lot of from what I'm hearing from you and from what I get I'm on, I'm very on the outside looking in so you know mm-hmm. check me if I'm wrong but that story is so common because that's just all they like let speak or that's all who's mm-hmm. like has a microphone and that's all who has the platform the people who mm-hmm. have that kind of story in that narrative it was like nah, we know that's not true there's no way Wu-Tang Clan exists If Mm -hmm. only a certain kind of black and a certain, you know, like... Well,
1: right. Wu-Tang or any number of millions of thousands of rappers who have referenced the nerd shit that they were all the
0: time so like we know that's not true but why are we always when we having these conversations um and platforms uh, you know whatever we always Mm -hmm. kind of just talk to the same kind of like like, diversify that like diversify your Mm -hmm. panel too in that way like i think we think Mm -hmm. about how we diversify things visually but think about diversing stuff with thought and experience and shit like Mm -hmm. that like that could help panels like that as well if you're a good mm-hmm. moderator and you 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 want right. to do that, but like you can have diversity and thought as well with people who mm-hmm. look in quotations the same right a lot of people right. see diversity as like what you look like, so yeah, I think that could help that more if people like yeah. dug deeper when it came to these conversations mm-hmm. to look for the people who exist mm-hmm. in these other ways that you're describing and not mm-hmm. just kind of defaulting to what is just around them right. in the general space, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree. I think that that is the case mm-hmm.
0: sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. I just know that it was one of those times when I was like, "Oh, this is what outside was like." <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Oh, this again. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. I was at one panel <laughs> I was at one panel, somebody who I respect asked this ridiculous question, so I'm going to lovingly roast you. And they was like, yo, as a black nerd, how do you avoid the coon narrative or whatever, right? And in my head, I was like, stop being a coon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because not that the person is not a coon, but sometimes they do say stuff that don't make no sense and it's coon it's coon it's, level boy Coon coon Yes coon-leaming. it's okay for people to say oh you know what that sounds like coon vibes here that <laughs> sounds like that's some coonery maybe you should reconsider that <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that but that's the answer to that question you know there wasn't space for me to say that so I'm saying it here Stop being a coon <laughs>
0: Something that I want to add to the conversation that I don't think people touch on a lot is that sometimes these black nerds in particular, when they feel like outcasted or othered or whatever i think a lot of times it's also tied to their queerness in ways that they don't really like know how to express so like Mm -hmm. not saying everyone who's a black nerd is queer but like just maybe not showing up for gender in ways that white supremacy says you're supposed to maybe not showing up in heteronormativity in ways that white supremacy and the binary and all of that shit said you're supposed to show Mm -hmm. up and you are othered right and blackness, but because maybe the limited language, maybe because honestly, black people don't talk about our homophobia, queer phobia, like enough to that extent mm-hmm. that we don't even name it that. Like we just say it's anti blackness. We just say it's just that and it's actually like levels. Like so I think that sometimes when we're having this conversation like what you brought up when like when people on the panel are saying Black people don't like art or they were other than in that way. They just tie it just to anti-blackness or like not being black enough or okay. in those ways where it's like, nah, mm-hmm. there's usually sometimes there's an intersection there when it comes to right, like queerness right. and not fitting mm-hmm. he- heteronormativity in these ways and kind of like right. maybe being genderqueer and not showing up in those ways. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of these times we are kids. A lot of the language we know now is different than what happened when we were kids. So even the adults around Mm -hmm. us was using whatever language, we could only kind of tie it to like anti-blackness or react to it as if these people are being anti-black where there's like other things happening there. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like noticing that and kind of exploring that. Also in myself, when it comes to my own queerness and like Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with my mom. 2 weeks ago I spent the weekend with my mom and we were talking about my sexuality and she was like funny funny but ignorant but funny but she was like so were you was that quiet when you was a kid cuz you was bisexual <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no Cause it just seems so silly. But when I actually thought about it, like I do think a lot of my otherness feelings or not quite, I never really quite felt like I fit. Like I always felt like something was missing or I was like outside Mm -hmm. of, and I think this is everyone's kind of like growing pains. We're kids. Like we all kind of just feel like not quite right. But there's Mm -hmm. stuff now that I can name that I couldn't before that I think is tied to my queerness, but because I didn't have the language, I didn't even call Mm -hmm. myself bisexual for a really long time. I'm realizing that it fits there. But there was pieces of me that I felt like I had to be mute about. Or like not. That just didn't relate. So yeah. just when it comes to like how the other girls around me. How they went about liking boys. Or how for some girls it was weird to them that I was comfortable around boys in certain ways. Even though it wasn't sexual. But I could like just be. I don't know. Just stuff that just always made me feel like. Different and othered, mm. that if maybe if I was in a not so black loving space, I could have made be other things. I don't know, I'm still working through this thought. And this idea, mm-hmm. but... I, You're
1: saying that maybe if your family was not in love with being black and didn't put that in you, yes. that you may have felt ostracized yes. in ways that you hear a lot of black nerds talk, talk about, about how yeah. they were ostracized. Yes, by exactly, exactly. Okay, like, I don't quite it. fit
0: in. They don't get it. They don't get me. They don't like the things mm-hmm. I like. like. These are things that I've thought and felt, but it was never, right. it never went to the extent that you're like talking about it and it could be because mm-hmm. I was from a really black affirming loving space, but I was not from a black queer affirming space. Right, right. And a lot right. of us are not. And I think yeah. that we should talk about that more. That that intersection of anti blackness and anti queerness that exists mm-hmm. in black people. Cause I do think a lot right. of times it's that. Like it's not just, you know, they didn't like me, I didn't fit in. Like you kind of stuck out because These people saw queerness and when Mm -hmm. I say queerness I don't just mean and sexuality. But you know, I explained that earlier. You know, so I, I think I think a lot mm-hmm. of that is is is
1: there. Right, right. I will say, in my experience within the Black nerd space, a lot of times that is the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, and, and I'm not saying that is the case in terms of like when I say that is the case, I mean the person who is saying that this was their experience is oftentimes queer in some way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I definitely see how that could be a possibility. Yeah. How it could be that we're not having a conversation about queer identity and the ways in which whether or not you were... Because sometimes people don't fully acknowledge or talk about the way their queerness impacted them as a child like unless they were gender queer mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about the ways like visibly gender queer yes. i mean to people right a lot of folks don't talk about the ways their queerness socially impacted them as a child exactly. right so if you were not visibly presumed to be gender queer you may have been able to pass as you know straight or people not questioning exactly. your gender identity your gender presentation your sexuality or any of those things and I think sometimes to your point yeah when we analyze the ways in which we experience childhood and the ways in which the world experienced us a lot of us don't consider the ways in which queerness may have impacted that because we were not yet sexually active yes. we were not yet you know we didn't necessarily look different or whatever the case may be when we know that queer can impact like just your identity yes. just who you are as a person like a lot of my queer nibblings like I you know I know this can be a weird thing to say or whatever so I just wanted I want to hold space and be aware of that mm-hmm. but just being the older person who loves on them in their life I always knew that this was the case and it's not because they were doing anything sexual or whatever it's just uh, this is a part of their identity yes And I know you, I love you, and I feel like I have always been looking at a queer child. You know what I'm saying? So, because this is like a part of your identity and not necessarily because you are overtly or in any way necessarily performing
0: gender queerness. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because- a lot of times within the black community and something that I'm talking about a lot with my mom and my family is this like queer erasure. Like we just kind of just mm-hmm. act like it doesn't exist. We know it's here. We know, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. So my mother's, she's sure queerness in me. I remember my mother asking me if, if I like boys and I was, I remember being like sometimes, but not meaning like mm-hmm. in a sense of like how I name bisexuality now. It just meant sometimes I like boys. Sometimes they get on my fucking nerves, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was me at, I think I was like eight or nine, but that was me understanding it at that point, whatever the fuck that was. But obviously that was a part of my identity for my mother to like act me that for Mm -hmm. people to kind of always be like, you know, you know, she's cool, but she's a little different. Like I've always been Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, I guess because of my personality, I've been allowed to be cool and I've never been called a nerd by my peers, probably Mm -hmm. because I fight I used to fight and shit. Mm, I don't fucking know. But I always was, even though I was down in quotations or whatever, I was still the different one in that group or Mm -hmm. the weird one in that group, even though I was accepted. You know what I'm saying? And that probably was them reading and seeing queerness, but not Mm -hmm. having a language. And also since the race is so rampant, you don't even know you see queerness. I didn't even know that I was seeing or feeling queerness. Mm -hmm. you know so i think there's a lot of that in there too that Mm -hmm. intersection of anti-blackness and anti-queerness that you know i want us as a collective to kind of get deeper in and talk about more Mm -hmm. because this that's what it sounds like with these motherfuckers
1: like yeah yeah i think there is a lot of that within the space that isn't always talked about like queerness in the in the black nerd spaces that i'm in queerness is talked about it's accepted it's yes you know, mm-hmm. it is a part of it it is it is an intersection yep. that is acknowledged and celebrated and so people are talking about queerness at present time but i do i do agree with you i do feel like there are times we're having conversations about being othered as children when that queerness is not accounted for within that experience. Exactly,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: I also want to highlight, for the people who may just be tuning into us for the first time, is that, like, rejecting Black folks for being into nerd shit or... Like, that's anti-Black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is. And so when Queen is saying anti-Black, 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 that's what we're talking about. Like, that encompasses anti-Blackness as well, is included in anti-Blackness as well. And I think a lot of people only see the rejection of certain forms of Blackness as being anti-black but Mm -hmm. when you reject any black person for being involved in things that you think is oh a black person shouldn't be involved in or wouldn't be involved in or whatever that's anti-black as well Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah no i think that's an interesting point that i hadn't really thought about either as you know as being a thing because i haven't had that experience yeah i'm saying
0: and i think that's why you know how i'm always like when you bring up black nerds i'm like oh no uh Uh, And I think that's why I do that is because I know what that feeling is. Not to that extent. I can't speak for everyone's Mm -hmm. experience, but I know what it feels like in your body, being in a group. Even when I was accepted in the group or the cool kids or whatever, always feeling not quite, this doesn't, something's Mm -hmm. missing. Like I've always felt like that. So I know that feeling, but I didn't probably because of the black affirming spaces or whatever the fuck, didn't react to other black people in these ways. So that's why I'm, I am think I'm always kind of just like, ugh, because my experience um, didn't lead me to that, but also my experience isn't exactly like that because, it's you know, no one made fun of me because I like Catwoman or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? So what makes you go ugh? It makes me go ugh to see that... I know, I think I, I can empathize with the process. I cannot empathize with the result when it comes to okay, how right. that is. When it comes is. to certain black yes, nerds yeah.
1: being anti-black as a response to the anti-blackness exactly. that they experience. Yes, exactly okay. that. Yeah,
0: thank you. So yeah, I can, I can empathize to the process, but I'm usually mm-hmm. always just reacting to the results. Right, this is the right, first right. time, the first couple of times that I'm actually thinking about the process and like, wait a minute. I have felt these things I did oh okay mm-hmm. this might be related to you know putting those pieces right, together right. but I'm usually yeah. always like ew because I'm reacting mm-hmm. to the result because I just can't I don't fuck with the result, you know? But I think that's why I usually do
1: that. Which is really interesting because you are the most, um, one of the key tenants of uh, (laughs) annoying nerddom is to be a well actually ass nigga. And Queen is the most well actually ass nigga that I know. You don't do it as much now, Mm -hmm. but we've known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I met Queen when she was really deep into and invested in well Mm actuallyism. And so, yeah, all of the annoying things that nerds do, Queen does those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say less at this time because we are, we have evolved, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say, um, that you are, you are
0: a nerd. I am queen. <laughs> right? You are a nerd, but that, that's fine. That is who I am. I don't want to play with those people. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> you do all of those things. It's very funny. A final note on black nerd shit. So I'm in is this. Don't talk
0: about them. No, I'm playing, playing. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: I'm in this cosplay group for black, indigenous, and other people of color, right? That's the cosplay group. It's there for people who don't know cosplay. It's a lot of racism, it's a lot of bias, it's a lot of prejudice within cosplay. It's a lot of gatekeeping of like Who can wear what costume and people saying it's a specifically anti-black thing, a specific thing that people say to non-white people that you can't portray characters outside of your race, basically, right? When white people, white cosplayers do whatever the fuck they want, portray whoever the fuck they want, right? So this particular cosplay group that I'm in is supposed to be against all of that gatekeeping, supposed to be like supportive of motherfuckers cosplaying all different type of stuff like people will post their cosplay and say oh i did this cosplay and somebody said this bad thing or i did this cosplay and i'm feeling uneasy about this that or whatever Mm -hmm. and people are usually like mad supportive and reassuring and shit or whatever right so that's just like a little thing that happens within cosplay is mad racism you know just a little thing
0: you know what's life without a little racism Just a little racism no big
1: deal mm-hmm. so i'm in this cosplay group that i really like on facebook i usually like all the posts that are in there people posting and being celebrated for the cosplay somebody posts cardi b's halloween costume for anybody who doesn't know cardi b dressed as morticia adams for halloween Mm -hmm. she looked cute it worked she looked like the fucking morticia adams she looked like a witch who i don't know if morticia is a witch or not she looked like a fucking vampire morticia's not a vampire but she looked fantastic Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck she was trying to accomplish she did that shit okay she understood the assignment she looked fantastic somebody posted it in the group all of the sudden, this group that is normally while supportive, okay, every other comment on that thread was, well, this is not true to the costume, you know, but she looks okay. Or she doesn't look like Morticia. She looks more like such and such. Or Morticia wouldn't wear this. Why is she doing it this way or whatever? Or ah, I'm not really feeling this, but, you know, nice try, Cardi or whatever mm-hmm. over her Halloween costume. Okay, and I'm I'm trying to understand, and I said this in a group, I'm trying to understand what it is about Cardi B that makes that. us or the people in this particular group, right, <laughs> now B. we're gatekeeping, <laughs> yeah, right, now we're gatekeeping the Halloween costume where everybody else that we post in here, we celebrate, mm-hmm. like, the, the group is specifically to be an open-minded ass nigga about cosplay, and we are judging Cardi B for doing what exactly for what is not good. And it just made me feel like that kind of anti-blackness that we was talking about where it's like only certain kinds of people are acknowledged and accepted even within the black nerd space. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That because she's a regular degular black girl from the Bronx or whatever you niggas want to say that she is, if you want to say she's not black, I'm okay with that too, whatever. But because she's a regular degular schmegular black girl from the Bronx because of the what we know about her, because of the kind of girl that she is, it felt like it's okay to tear this costume apart. It's okay to measure every detail. It's okay to scrutinize and gatekeep and say what she can do and what she can't do. And it was just really, like, disheartening to be in this group that's normally, you know, celebratory. And now, because a Black girl... That I relate to on a lot of levels is doing it now. It's like, oh, she doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But anyway. No, it, I mean, it,
0: it feeds into like, wow. I think another reason why I'm kind of like, oh, they're good on my nerves is that mm-hmm. because they, I guess, have felt ostracized or othered so much, that that's become like a character trait, where it's like mm-hmm. they really want to gatekeeping these ways that is just like fucking weird like they always want to be like exclusive and we're the only one and like do you really want to be a part of community? (laughs) Like do you really want to be playing with the people who aren't considered nerds? Like do you really want to do that or is this just something that's just for y'all? Like Right. It's, I'm always confused by that. Yeah. I had never
1: seen that in that group before. Mm-hmm. So that caught me like way left. Cause I'm not in, for the most part, I'm not in those kinds of nerd groups unless I'm there as spies. like you know like at the spy or to laugh or sometimes i'm in groups where most of the time it's cool and other times i just ignore the Mm -hmm. post or whatever but this one specifically in this group it just caught me so off guard that don't be
0: what happened that's not what. right
1: why are we doing this all of a sudden i never see this in here Mm -hmm. what 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 is it about cardi b that makes it okay to do this and
0: honestly they're mad because she don't cook she don't clean but she got that ring that's (laughs) why yeah that
1: and then honestly i do feel like that as a black girl who shows up the way that i show up Mm -hmm. who sounds the way that i sound i do feel like i'm not always the kind of person in a lot of spaces that people think should be there yeah you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like it just felt like one of those times again it was like what the fuck what the fuck is happening here? What brand of what is this shit? So anyway, that's whack though. She looked good. That was, whack. that was whack. she looked fantastic. She looked fantastic. So anyhow, mm-hmm. and somebody was in there. I wasn't about to do that with them niggas. Yeah, somebody yeah. Somebody was go, in there yeah. talking about exactly why her costume was on target, mm-hmm. and it was great. I thought she looked great. But I was like, I don't have time to play with these dudes.
0: That's the why. I, well, the the actually, I live for. Here. Well, actually, this is why. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the one you've grown to live for. You used to well, actually, anything. Yeah, boy, because it was fun. Oh my <laughs> god! I'd be like, that's not even correct. It's not even what the fuck I said. Oh, well, I was just well, actually, and before you said it, just to make sure I got it in.
0: That's not a monkey. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a valid well, actually. They're not. They were not always valid. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Queen actually did a, a fantastic intro. Uh, when I was trying to casually talk about my intimate vibrator. <laughs> And she brought it to full on sex. But we actually are, are not going to be talking about full on sex. We are going to talk a little bit more about sexuality after the break.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Tea with Queen and Jay. This is a black ass womanist race nerd podcast dedicated to dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Yes.
1: To quote Bell Hooks, we have to constantly critique imperialist white supremacist patriarchal culture because it is normalized by mass media and rendered un problematic here at team between J podcast we are dedicated to that critique and promoting highlighting and introducing alternate ways of existing and resisting the fuck shit that is oppressive systems
0: through the podcast events trainings and panels we rely on your support to sustain this work sustainability <laughs> <laughs> That's important. There are a few ways that you can support Tea with Queen and Jay. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's a big help and it lets people know that we are current and people like what we do here.
1: That's right. You can tell all your favorite people about us. You can also give us your money.
0: Give it to us. There are two ways to donate. Two. You can go to our website, It's loud down on our homepage and there's where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option and that is where you can give however much you want. And we have our Patreon option and that's where we're asking for a little bit more commitment, just $2 a month. $2. Dollars. You can give more or less, but that is us. Up to you. All of our patrons have access to one bonus episode a month and all previous bonus episodes. Another great way to support Tea with Queen and Jay is to become a
1: sponsor. If you would like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, email us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. We also do trainings. You can hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcast. Podcasting, some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a COVID safe live show or consult you or your team, send us your T mail at teawithqueenandj.com. Thank you so much for fucking with us.
0: Thank you so much for all the support. Hey, black women, hey, black femmes, hey, black people. all right all right all right all right all right all right all right. right. and we're black all the time
1: so if you've been listening to us for a while you know that we have explored conversations on demisexuality i identify as demisexual a lot of our friends in the black baddie podcast brigade identify as demisexual we did an episode with bag ladies podcast where we had a demisexual roundtable. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But we got a question about demisexuality. If you have questions for us, if you have thoughts and things that you want us to weigh in on, send us your t-mail at j at gmail.com. All right, Queen, let's get into this t-mail.
0: All right, so the subject of this email is I'm not fucking demisexual. Or am I? (laughs) We're going to keep this person anonymous. All right, let me get into it. I first just want to say my condolences to both of you and your families as you all navigate through this period of mourning. Sending you all the love and light because I am eternally grateful for all that y'all do here weekly. Now to my issue. I've recently been listening to y'all's back catalog of episodes and resonating a lot with what Jay has shared about her coming to terms with her demisexuality. One of the things that really struck a chord was the theme of needing some sort of common ground with a person before there could be any sort of sexual interactions. I find myself feeling similarly in certain aspects of my dating life, but I struggle with actually wanting to call myself demisexual for a number of reasons. For me, the common ground needed for sex to take place is more so a clear conversation about boundaries, sexual likes and dislikes, aftercare, potential room for a kink experimentation, things along those lines. I'm also not the biggest participant in random hookups, but I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea if that is what was communicated on both ends. While I personally feel like the age of sexual exploration we have commonly found ourselves in is long overdue after centuries of repression, I cannot lie that I give pause when in conversation with friends class associates that it seems there is the ambiguous pressure for me to identify as demisexual because I simply want to discuss the sex I'm going to have before I have it. This could be where I still have some learning to do, but in my mind, if you can have sex with a person, you should also be able to discuss what the interaction is going to look like. Kinks, relationship structures, and the state the sex is going to leave everyone in. Aftercare. If you can't do that, I feel like you should be interrogating whether or not this is someone you should be engaging with on that level. I know we're all still working through a lot collectively, and conversations about kink and aftercare still aren't commonplace, but I don't feel like wanting to interstate those practices into my sex life means that I'm demisexual. Any insight you will have would be greatly appreciated. Ooh, thanks for sending that. Yeah, thanks for this okay as the resident
1: demisexual i'll
0: hand it over to you
1: thank you i don't think and this is this is i want to also say that as somebody who is not all of my sexual relationships are usually with the opposite sex like i'm not bisexual i know right listen Me too. No, that's how
0: we know it's not a choice. That's how we know it's not Right. (laughs) Right,
1: right. All of my sexual relationships are like, again, for the most part with opposite sex. And I usually say for the most part because I've made out with a woman at the occasional party. I'm not saying that that won't happen again, but I don't identify as bisexual or whatever, right? So as somebody who has my sexual encounters are mostly with men, I have not experienced marginalization for being queer. Right. Uh And so I think that I say this with privilege when I talk about how as a demisexual person, if you don't feel like identifying as fucking demisexual, don't identify as fucking demisexual. I don't think that it is something that is critical to your identity as a person. I think that for me, it helped to clear up a lot of things. For me, it's helped to inform the way that I approach my relationships But I do feel like for you as a person, if you don't need, if you feel like you don't want to or care to or whatever, if that's not the vibe, I don't think that you have to. I also feel like what you're describing doesn't necessarily have to be demisexuality, even though it can fall under demisexuality i don't think that the things that you're talking about are necessarily demisexual i think it could just be the way that you want to move and the things that you want to communicate you know what i'm saying so i'm curious about what exactly people have been saying to you and why it feels like pressure to identify in this way like i'm really curious about like what exactly is being said and i guess a little bit curious about What is provoking people to challenge, I will say, the way that you identify? Uh You know what I'm saying? And when I say what's provoking people, it could be absolutely nothing. It could just be whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like not minding their fucking business Uh or whatever. But also it could be, you know, exchanges that you've had or whatever. I'm kind of curious about that. Like not that you have to share it, but I am kind of curious about that. Because I think that there are also times when it's like, Sometimes we do stuff that's so obvious, a certain identity, that it makes people feel uncomfortable when you don't acknowledge this kind of like different experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and like certain people talk about the way they move, right? The way they do things as if that is the standard or should be the standard, right? And sometimes it's easier for people to say, oh, well, maybe you move like that because you see the world from this very specific perspective
0: yeah yeah. you know what I'm
1: saying Mm -hmm. so it's possible that the people around you are trying to point out that yeah you see it like this but also it could be like that. It could be some other kind of way. So if just guessing kind of from what I'm reading, it sounds like that's a possibility as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I really don't feel like you should feel pressured to identify in this kind of way. I think that the the way that I approach sexuality or the way that I feel or my identity, I feel like I've always been this way. And I feel like the more information that I've had, the easier it's become for me to be like, oh, okay, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And that has brought me some comfort. But I've also felt like from queer folks because demisexuality falls under the ace spectrum and that falls under the lgbtqia banner of queerness Mm -hmm. i have felt from queer folks sometimes i feel like somebody's trying to say to me you know you're queer right and then other times i feel like Mm -hmm. somebody's trying to say to me you know you're not queer right and it's like as a grown-ass nigga i I don't really care about any of yeah, this,
0: leave the fuck alone.
1: right? Yeah. I don't care about this, but maybe if I was younger and cared about all of these things, maybe I would give a shit and maybe that would make me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah. like that can also be confusing when people are concerned and invested in other people's identity. And I think that, like I said, I come from a specific place of privilege where while I appreciate queer community, It's not necessarily something that I have had to have as a means of survival. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that sometimes if you are a person who has had to navigate life seeking certain forms of community as a means of survival, you want to know that other people within your community identify. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you want to know that people who are not in your community are not trying to appropriate your community shit. So I think that that also kind of lends itself to the pressure of why sometimes people identity check one another. And so I think there are different perspectives on all of those things. Like I said, sometimes I'm in the presence of queer folks that are like, you know, you're queer, right? And then other times I'm in the presence of queer folks who are like, you know, you're not queer, right? And honestly, because of the privilege that I hold I'm really down for whatever yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so if we're queer together I'm cool with that if you want to tell me I'm not queer I'm cool with that like it really as long as you're a queer person no
0: harm no foul yeah, no harm,
1: yeah, no for foul. me the stakes are a lot lower than for people who have needed queer community for survival I have benefited from and greatly value queer community and I do see it as something that I need in my life for my comfort but I have not needed it for survival you understand what i'm saying yeah. so i will say also my comfort and affirmation of like who i am as a person like my like feeling like a full person queer community has been necessary for me but again i'm talking about survival yeah has not been necessary for my survival you know what i'm saying yeah. so those are my thoughts what do you think
0: i'm actually really glad you saying all the things you said because mm-hmm. i To me, this, I don't know this person, obviously, but I'm like, is this person straight? (laughs) Because um, the reason why I thought that is because when it does come to these label, whatever conversations, an identity and stuff like that, a lot of straight people are like, well, why we gotta name everything or why we have to label Mm -hmm. everything? I don't need labels. And it's like, your existence is of a label that no one's questioned. So of course the fuck Mm -hmm. you don't need a label. So uh, that was one of my thoughts. So I do appreciate you kind of like, Saying that and seeing that shit. Because I, right. I was kind of like... I read the letter about three times. I'm like, is this person straight? Is this person... Mm-hmm. Does this person present as a woman? I was just trying to figure it out. Because it just... Right. To me, it just sounded like, like really straight. Like, I don't need this. This is just, you know, you know whatever. Privilege, right. Yes, yes, exactly. I heard some privilege in there. So I was trying to figure that out. So I'm glad you said that. I know for me, labels and naming things something for me is really affirming. And I feel I feel mm-hmm. seen. And probably because I am queer. But it also helps me not... I hate explaining myself. I hate explaining why and how I exist. So using a word like bisexual or queer or whatever helps me just kind of just be like, this is it. And then I could put a period at the end of the sentence. Mm -hmm. So language and labels are really helpful for me because I don't want to do all of that other stuff. I don't want to, the way Mm -hmm. that they explain how they go about sex and all of that. I don't want to do all of that. (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. want, like if I was demisexual, I would probably use the word because I don't want to explain all of that other stuff they explained um, when it Mm -hmm. comes to that so that that's maybe that's just me being lazy using it you know whatever no i can totally relate to that i'm gonna (laughs)
1: tell this really quick Uh just
0: uh go ahead go ahead and then
1: move on Mm -hmm. but i explained demisexuality to my dad which was a painful fucking process (laughs) okay (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) oh my god even as somebody who exists with mad fucking privilege Mm -hmm, in this space mm -hmm. that was a fucking painful ass motherfucking conversation talk about like niggas not getting so anyway (laughs) but we got there we got there. So we had that conversation, I feel like, twice at least, like, full out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we were together. We were hanging out. And he was, like, making a metaphor and talking about, like, you know, when you're like when you somewhere and you see somebody you like and you're attracted. And this kind of whole scenario that I could not relate to. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I don't really... No, what's that i don't really like i don't i can't really relate to that he's like yes right 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 i remember he's like yeah i know you don't approach things that way so da 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 so i don't know if he said demisexual but it was because we had the conversation yes. specifically about what is demisexuality which i honestly i didn't know even then that he had gotten it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying until yeah. he said oh yeah that's right you don't experience in that way and then he moved on right to something and it was else. like
0: yes I was like, oh, this
1: is what that was for. <laughs> yes. Because it just it just felt abusive before. But this is <laughs> this is why it was valuable for us to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a level of understanding yes. that I'm different in this way. And when you give these super straight examples, because my dad is always yes. giving a super straight example. That's the most super straight nigga <laughs> I know, okay? He mo- he might be the most super straight nigga on the planet. Oh, but gosh. he always throughout my life gave these super straight examples of things. And I'm like, I don't understand the... The world in this way so this does not apply to me yeah
0: and that's why he, you always had to come out as straight to him because <laughs> yes like- yes,
1: my dad my whole <laughs> life thought that I was a lesbian right <laughs> cause he just could not wrap his head around somebody who navigated the world or even experienced the world related to the world in the way that I do mm-hmm. or whatever. even though he would probably deny that but he yeah. like the, used so much language and did so many things like he was waiting with fucking bated breath for me to fucking come out right <laughs> So anyway, it was such a relief just to know that like, okay, because of this label, we were able to move on from this and now he can give me an actual real world example that I can fucking relate to and understand what yep. the fuck he's trying to say instead of me just feeling like
0: erased mm-hmm. it's like some even footing some like yeah yeah, yeah. So, so it was helpful for me yeah that's why I like language in that way that's why I do like labels in that way because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of tasking off of me when it comes to right. how I exist and why I exist the way I do if there's a mm-hmm. word for it and I could just say it and even if they don't know what it mean I could still be short and be like you know look into it look it up because I, I don't yeah. want to do all of the things of so that's it just it helps me i Mm -hmm. you know it really really helps me but i do understand that not everyone has a need for labels and stuff like that but i do feel that your non-need for labels i don't know just reeks of like straight kind of privilege shit Mm -hmm. but i don't know your identity so i'm not assuming Mm -hmm. but that's what i got from that Mm -hmm. then the other thing that i'm curious about is call yourself whatever you want i don't give a fuck like do you but i'm Mm -hmm. always interested as to why people are kind of like adversed or have an aversion to a certain thing. And I'm not saying you have an aversion, but, well, you kind of cursed. Like, maybe <laughs> <laughs> you do. But, Only in the subject line, right. <laughs> but I'm mm-hmm. always kind of interested in no why... Fucking,
1: with, with, I ain't no fucking heck.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I, I always am interested sex. in why a person is kind of running away from a label or why mm. this doesn't apply. But as a person who is bisexual and queer and who says that and names that now, but for a lot of my life was like, "Eh, I just like sex and have sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. I did not want to be called something because I knew it meant something else. right? You know? So I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing. It does, it does just make me be like, Hmm. Hmm. What's happening here? Mm -hmm. You know? So that, that kind of came up for me Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, maybe explore why, Mm -hmm. like, what does it mean? If you are, if, if you do call yourself this, what does that mean? What does that change? What does Mm -hmm. that... You know, it it seems like some other thing is happening. I don't know what. Like it might mean something to you that you
1: don't know that you think it means.
0: Yes, yes. Which
1: is why maybe you're avoiding that label. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there's that. And then also, like, because I'm not demisexual. So when I read all of the things that you were talking about, this sex stuff, this should just be how it is. And if this Mm -hmm. is not how you do things and you need to, like interrogate who you fuck and da, da, da. And I'm like, Mm. um, people do stuff different. People exist differently. A lot of the stuff you listed is not things that I need. And it's not things that are required for me to have sex, for me to be Mm -hmm. sexual with with someone, for Mm -hmm. me to share my body with someone. A lot of that stuff is not necessary for me. You know? And that does not mean that I am not having a healthy sex life. That does Mm. not mean that I am not, like, advocating or... Doing whatever things you're, this is what you should be doing if you're being a Right. Like it doesn't sex mean woman. that you're
1: not being considerate. It doesn't mean you're not being consensual. It doesn't mean you're not communicating with your partner. partner. A lot of different it ways to communicate. Mean, right. Yeah.
0: It doesn't mean that I am not fully present in mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. experiences. I don't need right. all of the things that you need to have these experiences. I don't mm-hmm. need them, and I don't think that we should. No one knows what's the right way. <laughs> mm-hmm. The way that I go about my relationships and sexual encounters is very different from Jay's. And we just know yeah. that that we just do these things differently. Jay doesn't mm-hmm. make me feel away about how I go about things and I don't make Jay feel away anymore about mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. <laughs> anymore. I gotta be honest. Anymore. <laughs> 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 Ooh, that's funny. About how she goes about things because we know what works for us. Everyone knows what mm-hmm. works best for them what they need what they do not need so yeah that kind of was just like what like you kind of judging yeah mm-hmm. seem to a little judgy seem a little just yeah. judgy like i
1: did judge you once but that was because we were at an event and it's like you're gonna even wipe the sex off your face Mm-mm. what the fuck no you show up here with sex on your face eating a sandwich i you're was supposed to meet at a certain time that was funny but that wasn't necessarily that wasn't really judgment of like your sex it
0: was just like was girl just like,
1: <laughs> pull yourself together
0: Use a napkin. I didn't need that. My after kid was, okay, I got somewhere to be. Get a sandwich. You <laughs> a sandwich. Did you brush your teeth. Yeah, I think, I feel like I did. Was I on drugs? See, who the fuck oh knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? That was one of those days. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, it we was. Both it was a really long time ago.
1: We both but,
0: but yeah, so those are those are a lot of the thoughts that kind of like mm-hmm. came up for me when I read this Right, letter. Right.
1: I like that. I like that. I like this conversation. Thank you so much for trusting us with this conversation. I think a lot of us are still like on a journey and navigating shit it's all kind of grown folks that are still coming to their identity of like Mm -hmm. what's their deal you know so we definitely welcome this and thank you for including us in your journey niggas is grown and busy queen you have to go do payroll like a whole fucking like adult ass person
0: or whatever i never thought this would be me
1: i know me neither when you showed up with that sandwich and
0: no napkin I i did not foresee you being in charge of somebody's payroll. I don't. I don't know who gave me this. So who, I still will show up with the sandwich, and I still will do it. that. But right. now I do payroll, mm-hmm. looking like that.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway we have had a really actually even though we all said we were fine in the beginning we've been having a really intense kind of fucking week in time or whatever (laughs) so we are gonna get the fuck out of here but thank you so much for listening to tea with motherfucking queen and jay we are gonna be at afros and audio virtual podcast festival doing our session the market is not flooded podcasting outside of a white supremacist mindset mm-hmm. we'll be there on saturday november 13th our session is at 130 use our discount code we'll leave it in the show notes but i think it's afautqj21 uh, for 25 percent off of your tickets to afros and audio festival mm-hmm. we always have a really good time when we are there so definitely check it out whether you are a seasoned podcaster or somebody who's curious about or looking to get into podcasting so be sure to check that out the information for that will be within the the show notes. Anything else?
0: Nah, that's it. We did a show. We did a show. All right. Be sure to follow us on the social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. Just search and hit that follow button there. Send us T-mail T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Visit our website T with Queen and J dot com. It's looking cute over there or whatever. You know, you know, you know, it's cute. My socials. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Queen Speaks. With an underscore. And where are you? Where can they find you, Jay?
1: I'm at Janicia F on Twitter and Instagram. At J-A-N-I-C-I-A. And the letter
0: F. That's it? F for demisexual. And the letter F for demisexual. Wait. Sorry. Really quick. When I was reading that letter... I was like, I am so black because I kept going on to say, "Damn, I sexual," and I would say it sometimes. <laughs> you
1: said it at the when you read the subject line. I was like, I'm
0: like Dem-i- I I- second, demisexual? And then it was times that yeah. I'm like, demisexual? Demi- relax, okay? Could you? What's okay. going on here? We like to inflect like so that. Weird.
1: All right, all right. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia, a black girl named Naima, with editorial support from a black girl named Candice, with social media and production support from a Black girl named Chanel, and graphic design from a Black girl named Joe.
0: Tea with Queen and Jay, we turn up responsibly. And Okay, a part of me, I'm still a little girl. I still want to play dress up, okay? And as I've aged, that has been one of the main ingredients in getting older and better. Because that little girl still says, wake up in the morning and just get fine, you know? So, and I don't want to lose that because if I lose that, I'll lose me.